I've started YouTubing again and recording podcasts again and tweeting again. And I have to say it is not because of the coronavirus epidemic. If you or a loved one has been affected at all by this horrific pandemic, what else are you going to call it, right? Pandemic is a new word for our times. Obviously, there's never been such a thing. And who hasn't been affected? But my condolences, if you've lost any friends or family or loved ones, I feel blessed and so grateful and thank God that I actually don't know anyone who's been stricken by coronavirus. And so I guess I must be one of the very, very lucky ones through the grace of God. And quite frankly, my life hasn't changed that much. I've been working at home for just about a year now, full time. You know, I used to do some stuff outside the house. I like to call it taking client management or whatever in Toronto, in Toronto, where my wife and I moved from back in the fall of 2019. But the truth is that nothing much has changed for me as much as the world seems to have turned upside down for the vast majority of the planet really it's it's really incredible and it shows you all at once everything is connected right and the small things are so important and the lives that we took for granted and I could go on and on about this coronavirus pandemic right but again if your loved one has been affected then my condolences I appreciate you checking out my humble narrative I've started tweeting and YouTubing and creating podcasts again, and I've also started seeing some real success in my digital marketing business. And a lot of things have been coming together, and I really feel like I'm breaking through a barrier, right? This is really all it boils down to. All it boils down to is that you start life as a kid and the Quran says that children don't know nothing something like this God forgive me you we we bring you out of the wombs of your moms not knowing anything and and then actually interestingly in another place, the Quran says, and then we revert you in old age. Some people we give age to, we give life to, life or, or long life or age, or we age some people. We, Umar means age. So we give some people age. And Nunakkesu fil khalq. Now, I struggle not to interrupt the flow of the secular narrative with religious diatribes or I might might say the religious diatribes for which I'm renowned in certain circles <laughs> those being the circles of my community anyway this is it's really not funny it isn't funny like for me for some reason like this pandemic has actually been you know all positive. I'm so sorry to say this to you, but 
it's not like I'm one of these billionaires on his yacht out in Granada or something, going between Granada and the Dominican Republic, tweeting about, you know, God-fearing virtues and whatnot. All I'm trying to say is that if you're out there and you've been affected by this thing and you've lost a loved one, then my heart goes out to you. If you're listening to this and through some stroke of coincidence you're actually affected by this thing, then my heart goes out to you. You know what? We're born and we're dying, right? And life is a lot of pain. You know what I'm saying? Like, life is a lot of pain. I don't want to be cynical and I don't want to sound pessimistic. It's actually more optimistic than anything else. You need to accept that life is suffering. This is actually one of the keys to the whole thing, but that's more of a spiritual a spiritual outlook. And in any case, that's, that's probably where I wanted to go with this discussion. So five-minute preamble, I think, is sufficient in terms of expressing... You know, the horror of our times. People call it strange times. Strange is the fact that some people still aren't taking this thing seriously. It's April the 10th, 2020, when I'm, as I record this, and when I'm out and about here in Calgary, I'm grateful and thank God that Canadians, for the most part, seem to have gotten the picture. A friend of mine from New Zealand posted that there's only like one virus case in New Zealand. And I was joking around and I was like, oh, well, that's probably because it's an out of the way island <laughs> just off the butt end of Australia that no one wants to visit. That's not the case at all. New Zealand is one of the most beautiful countries in the world. They shot Lord of the Rings there. Heck, my sister uh, went there and they had nothing but like, Nothing but, uh, I forget the word, like they were basically eulogizing how great it is or something like that. Anyway, coronavirus, very bad, very sad, very hard. For me, it's been great. I'm sorry to say, uh, my wife's home, um, I've been home anyway, and um, nothing much has changed, quite frankly. I'm a digital marketer, and if you're a digital marketer worth your salt, then you got to pivot, and you can pivot, like, literally within half an hour. Within half an hour, you can change the whole direct course of your business. So, I mean, I encourage you to think about ways to make money online if you haven't thought about these things. And quite frankly, if you're above the age of 12 in our day and age, and you have been to high school or are going to high school then you've probably thought about making money online because it seems obvious that you can make money online and if some punk 22 year old with a Lamborghini can do it then why can't you do it what if you could just make a couple of hundred bucks extra a month online how would that feel you'd be in the top one percent of one percent of people out there right I mean it's beautiful though, it's beautiful and it's just like changing yourself and it's just like success. You first got to believe that the thing is possible, right? And then you take steps towards it. I was listening to and tweeted this clip by Alfred Hitchcock. It's like one minute and 21 seconds long. And someone asks him his definition of happiness and he thinks for a minute 
And in a way, his answer sounds kind of like a platitude. He just rewords the question almost. He says, happiness. And he was just describing the mindset. And it sounded like he'd just taken the question and he was kind of elaborating what's ha what is happiness. It was His answer was kind of a definition. It was kind of like, he said something like, peace of mind and no worries and just then but then he started to get into it and and then he said just he said a couple of things he said first of all you focus on positive and constructive things and you don't focus on negative and destructive things and as a result you get to spend your time involved in those things you're passionate about this is the essence of what I took from that clip now Alex Becker the cyber monk internet millionaire with almost 500,000 followers on YouTube who's essentially sold his Lamborghini sold his multi-million dollar mansion moved from Dallas to God knows where lives in this empty apartment apart from this huge computer this huge Macintosh computer on a desk with no chair by the way and he has a bed he doesn't have any furniture and that's how he lives he sleeps at 8 at night gets up at 3 in the morning and he makes like probably I would say probably two to five million dollars a month at this point his goal I mean his goal is to become a billionaire by the age of 50 and I mean I, I couldn't help thinking shoot why that long right anyway he's an amazing guy to say the least and he's one of these few internet marketers that actually runs companies not He's not, he doesn't just sell courses. He doesn't just have a huge email list. He doesn't just drop shift stuff from Amazon to eBay and vice versa. right? He actually runs software companies, successful ones. And he grows uh, equity in those companies, things of that nature. Now, they may not be publicly traded companies. That's not the point. I was sharing one of his videos with my beautiful wife and we've actually taken to watching them from time to time you know once again hashtag pandemic we're watching Alex Becker videos together <laughs> and uh, I was trying to explain to her she's a Colombian and English is not her first language and I was explaining to her the whole ethic of internet marketing as I've been doing so for years and I pointed out that Alex Becker runs companies and we got into this discussion about what exactly is the definition of a company what does that mean right so I was recently working for this internet marketing uh, rather email marketing company based out of New, New York called Floium very high-end boutique email marketing firm I was an account manager there this was just some freelance work I was doing for them and it was an amazing opportunity to see a very very cutting-edge progressive company run by one again once again one of these young 20-something millionaires or uh, one of these young 20-somethings who's on his way to becoming a millionaire hey Andre if you hear this um, so yeah uh, amazing people amazing setup I thought I knew all about companies I've never seen a company like this in my life they use Asana for project management and Slack for communication and Loom for recording videos and, and presentations and going over spreadsheets. So you, 
literally Loom, you, you basically, you've got an Excel sheet and you're sharing it with your customer. You record a Loom video, meaning you record yourself talking about the spreadsheet so you can see your little bubble head in the corner and you're moving your mouse and, you know, and that's how they communicate with customers. Everything is virtual. HR manager lives in Switzerland. People out in like uh, Asia and Europe and, and North America and it's like, insane and it's so I mean it's it's like one of the most progressive and unbelievable companies I've ever worked at I mean it's so laid back in a sense it's very strict I mean everything is because Andre is a very obviously disciplined uh, character and runs a very tight ship but at the same time there's all this latitude we're all freelancers more or less you want to take tomorrow off? Okay, you're not getting paid, but take it off if you want to. But there's accountability. You've got projects. And everyone knows that you've got to deliver uh, on deadlines and whatnot. And otherwise, you do what the hell you like with time. We're waking and sleeping up at different times throughout the globe. And, you know, I thank God. And it was such a great opportunity to learn so much from these young up-and-comers, right? I mean, I've really begin, begun to feel like... Um, like a middle-aged man of late. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to talk about spirituality vis-a-vis self-help and the concept of I. I listened to my last podcast from, I think it was December, God knows when, um, and I talked about a realization that I had come to after recording about 10 of these episodes, I realized something and it became more and more apparent to me. And that was that there is a central, there is a central commonality in all success. And that is that the person deems themselves worthy of success. It seems perhaps like a trite comment something not even worth considering it seems self-evident obviously it ties into you know the body of knowledge and literature and work in this field the self-help field the body of knowledge concerning self-esteem and self-image but you see i'm experiencing it almost for the first time it's not that I've had a low self-esteem my whole life or anything like that just today someone was commenting on the fact that they did, thought I was fearless or something like that it kind of blew me away they're like oh yeah you're you're just totally fearless and they weren't flattering me they were really looking up to me I was helping someone with their website um, you know basically it's this organization um, I'm helping with their website and there's some lady who was taking care of some stuff and so I was interacting with her and for some reason I got the impression that she thinks very highly of me. In any case, this is kind of tying into revealing what my thought process has been for my whole life more or less. On a YouTube video yesterday I pointed out an interesting thing that I'm going to share with you dear listener it's very interesting in fact and I'm sure as soon as you hear it you'll be perplexed and intrigued 
first of all this universe is created of opposites this is something that bears careful consideration opposites opposites I want to write a book called the law of opposites I've been wanting to write that book for a long time because oftentimes things are not as they seem to be things are actually the opposite of what they seem to be poor people are happy rich people are neurotic okay the more you have the more stressed you are the less you have the more simple your life is the more free you are in any case everything has opposites and you can understand a thing by studying its opposite and there's a lot of wisdom in understanding the law of opposites if there is such a thing but it may or may not have occurred to you that there's two ways of there's two ways of there's two ways of representing your being in the world it's hard to talk about there's two ways of seeing yourself okay let's let let me just let me put it this way self-help and motivational teachings are predicated for the most part around the concept of I I quote-unquote I you know the letter I which means you or me myself and so it's me I it's all about me and this is not necessarily bad because like Don Juan said to Carlos Castaneda the universe begins and ends with you right and and Rumi the famous Muslim mystic said you create your own universe everything that you experience is your own creation that would seem to be the ultimate Imam Ali peace be upon him said it like this he said you people belittle yourselves you don't understand your own value for within each of you is a whole universe and then he goes on to say some very sublime things he says things like you're the sacred letter on the tablet the heavenly tablet and you're very profound stuff like you're the scripture that brings the light of God into existence something like this I don't even remember it's too, it's too sublime and mystical but in any case at the very least self so that funny thing is that that's supposed spirituality but what I was gonna say is that self-help pronounces the I and emphasizes it I am great I am the best I am supreme I am powerful whereas spirituality generally negates the I okay so I am at one with the universe would be a starting point right I'm going with the flow I'm gonna let go I'm gonna submit to the universe that that is the essence of Islam obviously Islam means submission submission Islam submission so you might have um, some doubts about religion and things of that nature but I like to secularize the whole thing again once again because religion is very touchy stuff and it's got a really bad rep and 
I don't want to preach religion in any case, but I'm just pointing out that there are obviously commonalities in all spiritual um, traditions. But in any case, getting back to the I, okay, so on the one hand, Imam Ali says that you are such supreme beings and you're so amazing, etc. And, you know, according to Rumi, you're creating your own universe and according to Kassaneda, the universe begins and ends with you. So you as a being, you as a being, you're the most amazing. But the, all these same people also talked about the ego. Don Juan, you know, has a whole body of teaching regarding what he calls self-importance. And how self-importance obviously must be eradicated from a person. Self-importance is like the root of all suffering and all error and all delusion and all pain. It's just like Buddha said, right? Desire is, is the root of all suffering. What's desire? Desire is based on I, me. I want something, right? I think something's not right. I'm scared of something. You know, that's, that's suffering. What's, what's scared? So scared means, it, so Buddha saying that desire is the root of all suffering, but fear is also suffering. But what is, what is fear? Fear means that you desire a certain thing which you're scared is not going to happen. Right? Ultimately, you just need to let go and embrace whatever is, right? So ultimately, spirituality talks about humbling yourself. And Imam Ali says the same thing. All the time, all the time, there's so many traditions of his about humility, right? Like the sweetness of humility he talks about, a robe of humility that you should be wearing, that believers are have the dust of humility on their faces, right? Things of that nature. And then someone asked him, well, it says in the Quran, Master, it says in the Quran that the devil will attack you from the front and from behind you and from the left side and the right side. So where, what the hell are we going to do? Something like this. And Imam Ali, peace be upon him, said, either raise your hands to the heavens or prostrate your head on the ground. So in Islam, prostration is the epitome of the thing. Now, once again, I'm not preaching religion. I'm just talking about modes of spirituality and the symbolism. When you put your head on the ground, that's the most lowest you can go now you might say oh well you could lie down with your face on the ground well you know what i'm saying the whole point of it is that you've come from the earth you're going back to the earth and now you just prostrated yourself and your head is on the earth right as shia muslims you're not allowed to put your when you're praying you're not allowed to put your head on carpet for example or on cloth or your head ideally should be on earth and we actually have little little pieces of of earth that we pray on and and Sunni Muslims say that we're idolatering we're idolaters that these are little mini idols anyway it's not like that it's simply that prostrating your head on the earth is ideal and the whole point of it is to humble yourself to break your ego right so that's the spiritual side on the self-help side it's all about the cult of I, me, and my, and and what not. And so, 
that is kind of like the backdrop for this discussion of I. And what I want to say is that I realized something that I'm going to try and elaborate on in coming episodes. I realized, I realized that on the one hand, yeah, it's like Don Juan said that the I, your self-importance is the root of everything that's wrong with you. But your you, whatever that is, is also the root of everything that's good with you. And then he says, as if that wasn't confusing enough, he says, the art of warriorship is to eradicate the bad part of you so that the good part of you remains exposed and, and whatnot. And he says, as a warrior continues on the path of warriorship, he begins to accumulate what Don Juan calls personal power. And as he accumulates power, personal power, he becomes more and more his real self. And then he motions to his counterpart, Don Yinaro, who was also a, a mystic and a sorcerer and a seer and all these kinds of things, and a man capable of astounding feats, right? He says that's why Yanaro is so hilarious. Like Don Juan and Don Yanaro would start cutting jokes and sometimes they'd be making fun of Castaneda to the extent that they'd be rolling around and like literally falling over and hurting from the laughter. And Castaneda is accused of having made all of this stuff up. But to me it's just too real. It's just too real. People say Castaneda invented Don Juan, but if you actually read the 10 books written by Carlos Castaneda, starting from like 1968 to 1994 when he finished off with The Active Side of Infinity, there's something about those books, right? It's just like as a Muslim, when I read the Quran, it's like I have no doubt that this is not, this was not written by a man. I don't know why it is. It's 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 obviously some of it's to do with the fact that I read it in Arabic. I grew up in Kuwait for ten years. Prior to that, Scotland, obviously. Uh, but uh, you know, the form some of the formative years of my life were in Kuwait, and I learned Arabic there, and I read the Quran in Arabic, and it's a very profound missive. You know, I'm just saying as a side note. I mean, I might as well just say it like that because. You know, I tell you about technology and, and other things that are of interest to me. And this is a secular side note. So please don't think I'm preaching to you. And I'm sorry if it seems that way. And I want you to know that the Quran itself says that if we had wanted to, we would have made everyone one religion. Right? So the point is not that you're meant to turn everyone into what you are. Rather, the point is we need to accept everyone for who they are. In any case, humility versus self-confidence, let's say. They're both correct in their own way, obviously, right? I mean, the answer is always so simple, but the whole thing is so profound. But on the other hand, I'm going to try and get some more into this concept of will, right? Will. Okay, so will ties back into Nietzsche. I started off this series of podcasts quoting Nietzsche, right? And so we might as well talk about 
Nietzsche's will to power. I may finally begin, I may, it may be that I'm finally beginning to understand what Nietzsche was talking about. I don't know. And the Nazis see uh, Frederick Nietzsche as their progenitor. And Hitler went to visit where Nietzsche used to live. And Nietzsche was mad for the last 10 years of his life. He was just too, too intense. And too, like, he was a genius of such extraordinary merit that, you know, like he used to say, that he writes more in a book than, than other writers write in their whole lives or something like that. Then he says, no, he writes more in one line that other writers can write in a book. And that his his thinking is like a hammer, stuff like that. Anyway, Nietzsche was intense. Will to power. This is what he says ultimately motivates us. Will to power. And then you see the Nazi propaganda movies like Triumph of, of Will. And Hitler always talking about his willpower and his indomitable will. And certainly, you know, in the early years of the, the Third Reich, Hitler did exhibit like, you know, a masterful display of will. Now, he was the devil, obviously, and he went down. But we'll get into this concept of will and, you know, juxtapose it perhaps with humility and, you know, uh, general self-help lore vis-a-vis self-esteem and whatnot but i'll try and share some of the revelations and realizations i've had on this subject in coming podcasts and i appreciate you listening i'd love to hear back from you if you just want to give me a thumbs up or a like on whatever platform you're listening to this on i'd really appreciate that thank you and stay safe